I had a few beers. How about that with Andre the Giant? He saw me. He says, oh, little man, little man, come have one. I've been waiting. Shut up and sit down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, and Rolltech. What's up, Wisconsin? From the Inside Wisconsin Studios, my name is Trevor Thomas in the Ellison Bay sweatshirt. I mean, I don't know. There you go. I, I, feel, I feel like you have a Wisconsin dresser. Just, I mean, and, and apparently bats that no one can touch. Hi, Jay. So, How are you? Good I'm good. You, yeah. Don't, don't, dork, you're listen. You got a cabin up north, right? Fair. Okay. Well, we didn't. We didn't have. What well, we did when I was really a little kid, but we used to as a summer. We would always go up there. The whole family, up until recently, is about eight or nine years ago when everybody's family got too big and dispersed. We always went up to Ellison Bay up there. The old, I think it's been rebranded, but the old Cedar Grove Resort right there by the Pioneer Store in the in the Mink River Basin. Uh, <laughs> Right? The Viking. You ever been to the Viking? They got a nice fish boil nope. there in the Viking right off the main road. I don't think you go up as high in Door County as I do. Not typically, no. We stick to Carlsville and South. That's not even, is that even indoor County? Yes, it's indoor County. I, we make it to Egg Harbor for the fireworks every once in a while and do some things and go to Cave Point. But, I mean, I've been to Sister Bay and, and uh, what, Al Johnson's and the goats on the roof and all those things up there. But, and it's now, dude, I just ask you to go a little bit. If you go a little bit farther up there, you're good. All right. I'll, I'll look there. into it. I'll look right, into we, it. Yeah, but... We'll talk about that. Well, we, that'll be a top five eating places in Door County. Because if you've missed this, everybody goes with Al Johnson's. But if you haven't eaten at the Sister Bay Bowl, right? By the I'll way, how is that? Let's go eat at the bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> no you joke. You don't think that that would have thrown my man Levy? Hey, where are we going? <laughs> Leaves. We're going to go eat at a bowling alley. Bowling alley. Yeah, or Merrick's. He would have been tossed for Merrick's. So, anyway. um, all right. Like so, my bet, by the way, this is yeah. Like, what's all this about? I mean, well, it's in honor of, of today's guest, Gorman Thomas. I don't have a Gorman Thomas bat, but I have a Prince Fielder bat. Yeah, the like that is Prince Fielder's actual bat. Am I wrong? Yeah, it is. It, yeah, it was a new one. He gave it to my son. So it's look at me how golfer I am. I overlapped like nobody overlapped. <laughs> Stuck the um, pinky in the. Yeah, so it's never. Oh, I, it, it's it's not game used. It's just a bat that he had in the locker, and so that's all. If there was a piece of Wisconsin memorabilia, I mean things that used to exist in the past that we would hold dear today. Yeah, and and I could have it. It would be a Brewers hit. <laughs> I would like to have one or two. I was going to say we got to bring some together. One's not going to do it. What happened? What happened? Right, they, they they play Plano flat could not hit. It's that simple. The first three games they had one swing, right? Telez is yeah. the whole thing. It's amazing how quickly everything went south. Boy, they were rolling. They got 33, 34 games above five hundred. They're like, this is it. But yet we were always worried: could they hit enough? Yeah, and hit again and again. You get into playoffs when you see everybody's best, and people go to the short starters and start firing people out of the bullpen, and when that happens, now you've leveraged and put pressure on your picture, your own pitchers, because they've got to be perfect every time. So even when they give up two or three runs, which is okay, that's like that's not terrible. 
you've gotten yourself in this ridiculous hole that seems like it's a, it's a 10 or 12 run deficit. And that was just, I, it's to me, it's that simple. They didn't hit and yeah. you get along. Um, they talk about analytics and it's great over the, over the course of a long season, 162 games, most of the analytics work out and you're going to go on these stretches where, where guys uh, play well and they get big hits and nobody did that here because now in a short series, right? Those numbers, you don't have time to, to flatten them out. You don't have time for all those averages to come through in just five games or in this case, you know, four. And they just, uh, they just could not hit a lick. And it was somewhat mysterious yeah. in that. I don't know that anybody thought Yelich was just going to go in the tank so badly. Guy struck out what eight times and 16 at bats, 14 at bats. Um, but everybody did just everybody. And I think we talked so much, right. About how great council was in piecing things together and this time there were there weren't even pieces to put together you don't have the pieces anymore offense wins games defense wins championships turns out you got to win a game or two in order to win a championship i mean that's it is what it is that i sent you a stat here i am mr in my basement in wisconsin sending you a stat that said something like we took 99 players to the plate and had one run producing hit in three games i mean you just you're not gonna win they were 0 for 16 with runners in scoring position the first one. And then when they finally did it, I think they were so overjoyed that there was, all, you know, all of a sudden the pitchers had a little workroom. And listen, Freddie Freeman and Albies and these guys, they can play, you know. Yeah. So all of a sudden they, they're, you know, they get, they're on scholarship too and they're plenty good. And <laughs> they're uh, on scholarship too. Right. And they, well, they proved it as well. So when it comes through, but, you know, even when they finally got a couple of hits, you know, strung together. Anytime you're celebrating that you've strung two hits together, yeah, right? Like you're in a bad way. But I still think it's a. It was just a whale of an unbelievably great season, entertaining season. My God, the Cubs finished 30, day, 30 games back. How awesome is that? Let's just you know, celebrate, let's celebrate that. that. <laughs> all right. So you and I pride ourselves on positivity and joy and all those things. So Sometimes when I'm not with you, I'm a complete mess. Actually. I build you up too, Buttercup. It's all good, man. So we're we're I'm excited today because we're taking a trip down memory lane to talk about some positive brewer things with a guy who was there for all of the positive brewer things in the early 80s. Storman Gorman Thomas is our guest today on Inside Wisconsin. And the first thing we got out of the way was that I was not alive when he was in his prime. So, John, if you could please tell us about your memories of Storman Gorman Thomas. Wow. Um, my favorite part is here's what I think sums it up great. And of course it would not be me. I'm stealing from the great Bob Euchre, uh, who used to always kind of keep track of Gorman's, um, his look, um, once in a while on a, on a Friday night, TMJ would have a game and it would be statewide. So you might get to see these guys if you're lucky five times a year, wow. the rest of the time, right. You're listening to Euchre's description. So he'd always let you know when Gorman, Oh, look at Gorman stands in. And he, I think Gorman's looking freshly barbered tonight. Right. Which might mean that he just only had it flying out one way. Uh, and he described it one time as uh, looking like an unmade bed. And that <laughs> is still one of the most descriptive, uh, wonderful pictures. So picture that guy, right? Hair everywhere, coming out of the hat, great flow, too much salad for the bowl, the, the scraggly beard, not one of these, you know, perfect four or five days where he's got the grooming trimmer. It just was there. And um, so here's this guy that, that has charisma just because of his appearance. 
He's a power hitter, which is always thrilling, right? Because even when I was a kid, chicks dig the long ball or whatever the, the, the saying was they had for a while. Yeah, that's right. And then and then in center field, because you'd look at him and you think, well, that's not your classic super quick um, cover everything center fielder. And sure. yet he was deceptively quick. But but he just ran into stuff, right? Like he didn't really there's it's funny. It's called the warning track. And he seemed to a lot of times dis, disregard the warning of the dirt <laughs> that was out there. Um, and so the style of play he had where he kind of flung himself around with with abandon uh, to get the ball. All of it made him uh, uh, arguably at the peak of that. Pro- like, I, I don't know that there was a more popular brewer. Like, Yount ra- overall rounded was better. Sure. Um, certainly. And when Malter came up, he was a special talent when, mm-hmm. when, he, when he arrived on the scene. But I don't know that there wasn't anybody that was more sort of beloved and more embodied. We talk about, right, all things Wisconsin. You're like, here's a guy that's kind of. Like I said, unshaven. You can tell he likes to drink beer. He gives full effort. He he kind of oozed, for a guy from South Carolina, he oozed a lot of Wisconsin. He oozed Wisconsin, and he still does. You guys are going to love this. Up next, Storman Gorman Thomas on Inside Wisconsin. Shut up and sit down. And so here he is, Brewers legend, Storman Gorman Thomas with us on Inside Wisconsin. Gorman, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Not a thing. Thank you for having me. This is a treat. I'm telling you right now, I'm getting ready for a winter. I don't know about y'all. John, you're down on the damn island down in South Carolina most of your time. So, yeah, I do. stuck up here. I do it backwards somehow. I'm here in the winter, and then I'm down there in the summer. I I, I really wanted to be 108 degrees with 97 percent humidity, or I'm just totally not comfortable down there. <laughs> I understand. You know? Let's talk baseball. <laughs> I am in I am in high school, and I go see Simon and Garfunkel in concert, and they are at, at County Stadium, and Art Garfunkel standing out there talks to the crowd, and he looks and he goes. So this is where Gorman Thomas stands. Go away. Go away. You're not telling you. Now you're lying. That's what he said. What? That's what he says. Art Garfunkel. This is where our so this is where Gorman Thomas stands, and the place erupts. What was it like having center field at County Stadium as your office? Well, it took me a long time to get elected for that. I sat on the bench <laughs> for seven, three, four, five, and six. And then thank God for George Bamberger. He gave me a chance. I seriously, I would not have had a, a baseball career without him. I met him. It's a long story, so I'm going to make it short. Uh, he says, uh, who are you? I said, uh, I'm Gormer Thomas. Who are you? He said, I'm George Bamberger, the manager. Oh, hi, George. How are you? Nice to meet you. He says, yeah, you're my, uh, you're my starting center fielder. Uh, don't lose it. I said, could I have that in writing? And sure in hell, he gave me a chance, and I started off badly. I, actually, I struck out four times opening day in 1978, and I said, well, there's the end of my career. I'm all done. George went over to my locker, came over to my locker, and reached over my shoulder with a cold one. He says, you know what? I didn't need you today. You'll do something for me tomorrow. And I said, I'm playing? He says, oh, yeah, if you're playing tomorrow. I had a granny the next day. He, he snuck up behind me. He had two beers. <laughs> Got him over both shoulders at the same time. I knew what I was talking about. But, uh, yeah, God bless him. I mean, well, I would not have had that like, that opportunity without him. And, 
granny and home run and granny and home run. You hit a whole bunch of them in your career. What was your favorite part of County Stadium to hit a home run to? Are you a dead pole hitter? Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Frank Howard was one of our coaches, and he says, always remember this. If you're going to go dead center, that's where only the big boys can take it. So, uh, uh, I mean, we had 392, you know, in the gaps. Uh, there was no, there was no problem with it. I mean, we handled with it. It was cold and windy early and late. Uh, you didn't think about it. I, I probably was a, you know, a pull hitter, but uh, it, it was just a wonderful old girl to play about play baseball in. You talk about getting to play every day. I've watched, I've covered sports for God knows how long, 30 some odd years, and spent time that were minor league towns and double A and triple A. I was there when in Phoenix when the big club came and they still had the triple A team there. Uh, just the idea, the confidence it gives you when that guy turns over the position to you and says, This is yours, and you know that you can go 0 for 4. The difference that makes in a player's confidence and how that can set them onto the road, like in your case, where now you're an established big leaguer. Well, you know, and before I even try to answer that question, I want to say I enjoy you on TV because I know you know what you're talking about. Thank you. You know, there are there are talking heads that don't even know what a baseball looks like. Okay, <laughs> so after I've said that, okay, I, I did my time, you know, in the minor leagues. I started off as a – I got drafted as a shortstop uh, by the Seattle Pilots in 69. And uh, I had a cannon, but the trouble is that I would take my time to uh, and be more deliberate and watch the guy run and then let it fly. <laughs> they finally found out they couldn't sell any tickets behind home uh, first base, so they moved me over to third and get a different angle. Same, so you know, same thing. So one year they said, "Let's make him an outfielder." So I had multiple guys during the winter, you know, uh, baseball season in uh, Arizona actually, and they hit me, you know, three hundred, three hundred fly balls every day after everybody had left and then I get the hit extra and that just changed my whole life right there here I am an outfielder with power so you know I, I had some really really good years in the minor leagues and uh you know I think I didn't think it was ever going to happen any further that until George came around and a person in the locker next to me uh Don Money uh, we would sit there, we would talk baseball pro or con, you know, what we did on a given day. And he kind of just changed my, uh, my way of doing it. Uh, with the exception of a two O or a three one, everything else I, I saw were uh, stri uh, sliders. So he said, why don't you look for it? You know, you can, you can, you're quick enough to get around on the fastball. So, you know, whatever I hit, uh, probably two I'd probably hit over 200 of them off of sliders. So I can hit anybody's fastball. And uh, I don't have to do it again. But Dolan Ryan, yeah, he was 100-plus. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Here's a little quick one about that. We're down in Dallas one night, and I can't think of the umpire. Right, you know, doesn't make any difference right now because we all laughed about it. He threw a pitch. The umpire called it a strike. And I turned and I said, let me ask you a question. Was that the speed of the ball or is that – the temperature on the scoreboard. And he said, well, it could have been either one. I said, oh, okay. I did, hit one. I did hit one that night off of him. And he had a uh, thing that he did after he gave one up. Talk about Nolan Ryan. Uh, he would stare down the batter. And he wanted to see if you were going to look at him. 
So you get back in the dugout and they said, did you look at him? And I said, hell no, I didn't look at him <laughs> because I know what he would do if he, you know, next time up, he was looking at you. And I said, okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you, you learn, you learn how to play the game. You're talking about how center field changed your career. So I called my dad and I said, dad, we're about to have Gorman Thomas on the show. Tell me what I need to know. And he said, ask him about running into the center fielder wall constantly. Apparently, all you did was run in and crash into the wall in center field. That was yeah, no, that's exactly what that he said. Thing too. Let me let you know. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, in today's baseball, they kind to they they want to just you know lollipop, you know, go after it slow or whatever, and then at the last stride, you know make it look like, you know, something that's just exceptionally done. You know what? You go get the ball. You go get the ball. You know where the uh, where the fence is at. If it gets in the way, you know, it's going to get hurt. So that's just the way you play. You know, forget the wall. The wall is going to get hurt. You're not. You know, I had a couple of times where you get to uh, wake up and say, oh, well, uh, is it time for breakfast? But, uh, you know, I did that in uh, Texas one day with George. And George is just a, a small little fellow, okay? He's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, you know, and he had a couple of favorite words, but we can't use them. So I ran into the wall in Texas, and the next thing I know, uh, I woke up. And here's George bending over, looking down to me. Are you okay? Did I catch it? He said, are you okay? I said, did I catch it? Are you okay? I said, George, I keep hearing you say that. Did I catch the damn thing? He says, yes, you caught it. I said, okay, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> he says, next time you run up, you get up before I don't have to run out here for 400 feet. You know, to see if your <laughs> is going to be okay. He was beautiful. Honest to God, he was as beautiful as any man you'll ever want to meet in your life. Listen, he transformed the franchise. I mean, you were there through lean years, right? After 78 came, and, and even though you didn't make the playoffs, you won 90 games. That's back when you had to win your division and it meant something. But you won 90 games, and that, you know, that the organization really built there to what happened in 1982. So you're, you have this thing where there's a warning track uh, out there in the dirt. You choose to ignore that. Uh, you hit home runs. Uh, the hair flowing, the mustache, the beard, it's just – it's a whole look. And now you're storming Gorman Thomas, right? Like when did this persona, you realize what this was and this, I mean, as good a player as there were, I don't know that there was a more popular player or person on that team than all that encompassed storming Gorman Thomas. I was in the middle of everything. I'll put it to you this way. <laughs> and there were, there were cahoots with other people too. Uh, I have to uh, add their names in here. Uh, Bobby McClure, uh, Charlie Moore, uh, yep. Mike Caldwell, uh, and right on down the line, and we would uh, we'd have a the game of embarrassing somebody that day, you know, <laughs> like people who smoke because you know, back then you could smoke in the uh, in the clubhouse, and uh, one of them uh, was our pitches uh, pitching um, coach uh, Pat Dobson, and we would load his cigarettes up, you know, you know he fired a boom, you know, or Caldwell and I we climb over the top of the uh, the the lockers and sneak up over there and drop a, you know, a firecracker right behind him. I mean, just things like that, just things like that. It kept everybody loose, but, uh, you know, it's just something that keeps the guys together. You know, we did things. And here's a little tidbit too. 
this is not we're not advocating you know drinking and you know <laughs> cigarettes and you know all this but after a baseball game in every town that we went to there was a uh, a hardcore section there was like five of us no matter what you know we went and had a little um, you know iced tea you know and some coffee you know things like that <laughs> and uh, there were other guys that would traipse along with us they didn't drink they didn't smoke anything else they go to bed you know you know, if it was possible, you know, nine o'clock at night, the rest of us were out, but they came along because they knew something was going to happen every night, every <laughs> night. Oh, I drank, I had, a, I had a few beers. How about that with Andre the giant? He's yeah. seven foot seven. And I was introduced to him by the owner of a uh, sports place, a uh, really nice place for food. I'm serious. It was uh, Lindell's uh, athletics uh, saloon, if you will. And he introduced me to me because I, I stopped in here to get a burger on the way to Tiger Stadium. And then he says, oh, let's have a beer. I said, I got to go to work. He said, I wait for you. I wait for you. So we go down to Tiger Stadium. You know, we had a nice night. You know, we come back. We would walk inside Lindell's. And he saw me. He says, oh, little man, little man, come have one. I've been waiting. I go back there in the back. He orders two pitchers of beer. And I got two glasses of draft. And he says, cheers. He chugs down two pitchers to my one glass of beer. And all of a sudden, you ever seen 7-7 seven, seven going backwards? It landed <laughs> on the ground, right on the, on the floor. They got two uh, uh, tablecloths, put it right over him. He spent the night there. You know, things like that wow. happened all the time. Somehow only just begun with stories with the <laughs> one and only Storm and Gorman Thomas Moore. With Gorman Thomas in just a bit, we are Inside Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, and Rolltech. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with. We are happy. We are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Back on Inside Wisconsin, visiting with Gorman Thomas. Um, I have a feeling he's a candidate for four shows. <laughs> I feel oh. like we could probably listen to him talk for literally days. Right. I don't know that we're actually essential to the conversation here. I think if we just turn on the old Gorman tap, it would be a while before it ran out. You know what I'm saying? It was, and it took a minute to track him down. I mean, this is a guy that we wanted to have on Inside Wisconsin. This is funny. A, a friend of mine within the Northwoods League, Gorman is one of those guys that goes on yep. tour every once in a while, shared that he had his number. So we're texting back and forth. He was doing some travels. I mean, he was not an easy guy to track down. I'm at a family gathering this past weekend talking about what's coming up in the show. And and uh, I say to my mom and, and my family, yeah, Gorman Thomas is going to be our next guest on Inside Wisconsin. My mom goes, oh, I have his phone number. I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah, when I was working at the store, he would always want to come in and, and sell uh -huh. us his Storm and Gorman sauce and uh, his Storm and sauce or whatever. And and yeah, I had his number. He told me to reach out to him whenever. I'm like, mom, do you have anybody else's number that I could right. use? Like, you know, we're never thought to give me Gorman Thomas's number. So, right. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's top five time. And J.A., you got yeah. the idea this week. 
So I figure this is uh, this is a game we play there at the OESPN all the time. So Gorman Thomas, by the way, fifth all time in Brewers home runs. All right, right. So if we were to if we were going to say people who are the top five Brewer home run hitters, right? Probably not that hard. You you've got right. uh, um, uh, um, Robin Yount all time. You know he he's on the list of everything. He's actually two. You got Ryan Braun. You got him. Prince Fielder. Gorman's five. Took me a minute. Not hard to come up with Jeff Jenkins there at five. So that's easy. That's not helping people. So I thought we're going we're gonna to expand your knowledge. We're going to make sure you know certain things that you need to know. We do this all the time. They'll really test your knowledge is to go through who are six through ten. So our top five is actually kind of the next five. The next five. The next five. And I just want from you, I need the next five brewers on the all-time brewer home run list. So we're going six right. through ten. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it up just to make sure in case you need you need need some help. Some yep, clues. Thank you. We'll put it and, up there uh, uh, for transparency I purposes. There, I don't know that there's a ton of these that should challenge you, uh, but uh, you know I'm gonna just BS just a little bit longer so the audience is formulating this. If you're playing yeah. this, don't look it up until the end. People, Have do it. your best at home. So do you want to go? Say that. Do you want to go six through ten or ten through six? I don't think you're going to get to choose what order I come up with. I'm just going to try to name those five guys in any particular order. And just for transparency purposes, I have not researched this at all. You dropped this on me about two minutes before we clicked record. That's how the game's played, because if you research it up, then it's really not the same. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So the first guy that came to my mind, Greg Vaughn. Which is amazing, because I thought he would be one that would be tougher to get. Greg Vaughn is number eight, 169 home runs. Greg Vaughn is a terrific pull by you. Excellent. That is Vaughn's valley. He is one of the few guys in in Major League Baseball history that was drafted five times. What? Five times. Yeah, five times. All right. So you've got Greg Vaughn. Perfect. What do you got? What else you got? Uh, Some other names that came to my mind that were power hitters when I was a kid. Um, Richie Sexton? Out. Damn it. Do I get three strikes and then I'm out? This is bad. no. How about this? Three of them, three of them were teammates of Gorman Thomas. Oh, okay. Ready? Cecil Cooper. Six. Yes. Uh, all right. So then I don't. Paul Molitor? Ten. Wow. I don't remember him being a big power hitter. 160. That's not a giant power hitter, but he hit enough. Okay. All right. So, so we're, then, still look, we're looking for seven and nine. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, you're very good with even numbers. Now we've got to get the odd numbers. Seven. Yeah. If you knew me, you would know that. That is, I hate so odd Brown, numbers. Brown, Yount, right. Fielder, Jenkins, Thomas, then Cooper at six, Vaughn at eight, Molly's 10. There's one more Greg Tom or Gorman Thomas uh, teammate. Mm-hmm. I think it's Gumby. No. Jim Gantner? No. I don't know that Gantner hit 100 in his career. Just checking. Um, now I'm going to struggle because so that was when, not... we, when we do the game, you're allowed to ask for hints and then you try to give them win. So, All right. This guy, yeah, because it's hard. Uh, the number seven uh, also won a batting title and like Gorman, excuse me, a home run title. And like Gorman, he shared it with Reggie Jackson that year. I think he hit 39. Gorman Thomas hit 39 in 1982. Right. But this is not Gorman Thomas. But so, Gor- hmm. like Gorman Thomas won a bat, won a home, won a home American League home run t- crown, but he shared it like Gorman did with Reggie Jackson. I'm out of bobbleheads. Uh, you're gonna have to give this one to Came me. Came over from the Tigers. 
In a trade? Yes. But he wasn't a pitcher. No. I don't know. Um, um, great nickname. This this might help. The nickname was also the name of a very famous Hollywood dog. Okay, I'm going to pause. Why all of America, all of Wisconsin, is yelling at you? Guess Benji. I still don't know it. Ben Ogilvy. Ah, oh, I didn't know it. I would have never got that one. Clearly, I would have. Well, sorry. <laughs> All right, and so okay. give me a so hint where number honest, nine comes so far, in. As good as the great, as great as the Greg Vaughn poll was, you lose points for the Ben Ogilvy thing. Sorry, yeah, that, that that's one... hard. Yeah, you should now. You should always remember Benji and especially All right. Benji. So Can you, you give me a span more. of time number nine played because I I have a decent chance. Uh, yeah, you you would have uh, he would have been in your childhood, very prominent. Um, uh, play I covered him in college when he played at Oklahoma State. Did you were you a, a colleague with him at one point? What's that? Were you a colleague with him at one point? Nope. nope. Yeah, so, so Fernando Bean is out. Yeah. I uh, was thinking Burnett's. Burnett's uh, hit a lot of home runs. Lefty or right? There you go. You fell right on it. But he is not a colleague of mine. Oh, I thought Burnett's was. Uh, not that I know of. Never been in the building in Bristol. Jeremy Burnett's correct. Yes. Former Metsman, right. right? Drafted by the Mets in the first round. When he was drafted, I was really surprised. I'm like, really? So that's great. So you are awesome. I would. It would have taken me forever to come up with Vaughn. I just, that was in a vague period of not greatness um i would have come up with burnett's just because of his oklahoma state thing and then uh the cooper ogilvy molly those are come on that's like yeah my, i mean i, I don't tell you that's or... like shooting fish in a barrel but there's not even a barrel that's literally like trying to just pick up fish it's all I that guess the, the ogilvy thing is is if you thought i was gonna get four out of those five i think you'd be lying i am really proud of myself right now Good that did not you. go how i was gonna go <laughs> Let's talk to Gorman. Here we go. He played with Ben Ogilvy. Shut up and sit down. We are back inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, and Storman Gorman Thomas. All right, so, Gorman, you could have, I don't know, settled down anywhere. You could have went back to South Carolina, but you chose Wisconsin. What was it about us and the state in your time here with the Brewers that you just fell in love with? What was it? You see my fingers. I mean, they can't uh... – I broke too many of them. I guarantee there it is. It looks like a paw. But uh, no, my wife Susie and I, we uh, we are very fortunate to have four grandchildren, 13, 11, a four, and a two coming up on November. Never going anyplace else. You know that. I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's so nice to be a part of it because one, one is a standout uh, lacrosse player. The next one's going to be, he's going to be a golfer. Then you've got the little four-year-old girl. She speaks German and uh, English already. And some of some of my words, I said, don't, 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 don't <laughs> and, then, and then the little one, I call him Bam Bam. I mean, he, oh, my Lord, he comes up and punches. And he's only a year old. But, you know, it's it's wonderful. It's it's beautiful. I mean, we're out in an area, you know, which is just fantastic. So, yeah, it's it's nice. You settled out kind of in a rural area. How, how come? How come out there? What what is it about the the just the outdoorsy nature of it? Why there? You can make yourself comfortable in the city. You know, if you want to be that kind of person. Uh, myself, I like I kind of like it out away from the city itself. The city's nice. Don't get me wrong. 
But you know, out here, you know, I have people are you know they're quiet, you know, they're 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 friendly. Uh, I've known some people out here, you know, since we've been. I mean, where we're living right now, twenty five years. So you know, it's just a nice place. Yeah. You were inducted into the Wisconsin Sports Hall of Fame in 2003. So you call here home, and now you got a home in that Hall of Fame here in Wisconsin. Take us back to that induction. What did that mean to you to be a part of that group? Well, you know, it's a humbling situation, to be honest with you. Uh, I wasn't born here, but I pretty much, you know, played my entire year here as a, as a brewer, and uh, I – got the hall of fame in South Carolina as well. So, uh, that's just, uh, uh, that was just something else to do. I mean, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, I don't think that I was, you know, a superstar, but you know, I was flattered. I was flattered. Uh, I enjoyed playing here. Uh, if any place on this planet was good for me to play as a professional baseball player, Milwaukee was where I would like to have played my entire life. It's a nice feeling to uh, be uh, part of the Hall of Fame. You're down 0-2 to the Angels in 82 in the ALCS, and, and the message is what going out there for Game 3? You know, uh, it was kind of embarrassing that we got off to a start like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe... I think maybe all of the rush that you need to play in your have in your body for every game that you play, it all started in Baltimore. We had four games yep. to go, and we were up by three. And we go boom, boom, boom. And here again, here again, you know, we were a group that uh, we went after the game. We went out and, you know, had some pizza and hot dogs and stuff afterward. Sure. So we go into Baltimore and said, okay, look, we got to win one game here early real quick. So let's let's – Let's just stay in after the game, you know, and uh, then we'll have a little party. Well, boom, boom, boom. We stay, we stayed in every uh, the first two nights. Number three, oh my goodness, now we're in trouble. So the night before the last day, and I think we ended up winning what ten three or something like that. Yeah, Don Sutton, and because we had gone back to our normal regiment, right? So then from there, you know, I'm throwing mustard around, you know, and <laughs> somebody gave me some champagne, and I hate champagne ever since that day. I'm telling you right now. Don't even go near that stuff. But I did have the the, uh, the foghorn. You know, all right, everybody, let's have another one over here. All the way nonstop to California. We worked out. Boom. First time at bat, I hit a home run off of Tommy John. But guess what? They were a good team, too, so they beat us the first two. But uh, coming back home and winning it, winning it, winning the American League, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I bet that was awesome. Oh, let's and, go. And what is the truly – they talk – you play 162 games during the year, and here's a game on – I don't care, whatever it is, July 12th. It seems like you're, you're in the dog days. But now you get into this World Series, like – and the pageantry, like, do you feel how different that game is? Do you feel the importance of that when you go out there? Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was just a, it was a shock. Uh -huh. you know, we knew that we were capable of being there. We deserved to be there. Our first game in St. Louis, it was ten nothing. Yeah. So maybe you know, maybe we took it for granted. But then again, that's what happens when you're a good team. The other team knows that they have to be on the top of their game. And, okay, so they got their butt beat the first game. 
uh, let's show them that we are uh, the team that should be here as well. And they did. They fought back, you know, things like that. We were the icing on the cake. I'm talking about the cards and us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we went through it. You know, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm going to say this one thing right now. I think it was game seven. Uh, George Hendricks, I think, was the hitter. And he stood way back away from the plate, you know, so it was kind of hard yeah. to get inside on him. And uh, Pete Lab was on the mound. I think the count was one ball and two strikes through one. It was almost uh, almost dead center, but it was a strike, and it was called as a ball. And that would have been the ending ender right there, strike three. Next pitch, he hit one off the, the end of the bat, hit one of those squirrelers out there. And we ended up getting beat. I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm emotional, win or not, anything, whatever. And Robin and I were in the back seat of the plane, and we were crying going back to Milwaukee. Hmm. We land, where I think we maybe just before we got off the plane, he says, uh, and I don't even know who was talking, and uh, be downtown Milwaukee at X amount of time, and there's a there's going to be a parade, and we, I, you know, what we lost, we didn't win, we didn't we, we there's not going to be anybody there, and you know it was reiterated, you know be there is mandatory, so we get all the way downtown, you know, and it was about an hour or so before the time, so uh, we got in our respective vehicle, and Vuk and I were in the same one. I mean, they had to bring somebody in, in, the, in their truck, to, you know, the, I mean, the car that, you know, had a little bit of handsomeness. How about that? Sure. Because <laughs> Vuk didn't have any. When Vuk was born, they slapped his mom instead of him when he was born. born. Okay. <laughs> so we, still, we, we popped out from underneath the building. And holy God, there's over a million people on Wisconsin Avenue. So we went from there probably down to, I'm going to say maybe 12 blocks. That was one of the most unbelievable things that I had, 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 the, had the honor to be a part of it. So you described the disappointment of losing. You guys are nearly in tears. Yeah. The worst time to ask anybody how, the, how, how they're feeling is right after that because you haven't processed. But if you look right. at this now 40 years down the line, almost 40 years, you view the World Series as – what? Because it's great to get there. I mean, is there ultimately disappointment or is there ultimately there's pride that we're still the only team in Brewer history that made it to the World Series? We uh, we were not the kind of player or, or team that we would run around saying, hey, look, we're the best there is. We wanted to play like we were the best. Now, you don't let your mouth, you know, get you mm -hmm. in trouble. You go out there and do what you're supposed to do every day. That's what we did. We had the same lineup, like I told, like I told you earlier. But, you know, um, at that point in time, you know, we still believe, well, probably till today, that we were the better team. But that's why we play seven instead of just one. One, anybody can win. Anybody can, you know, have some luck. But, mm -hmm. you know, we played against a good team. And we were a damn good team. We were upset. And then after that, then they started dismantling the team that got them there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was me. Uh, I think it was Benji. Then it was uh, Jimmy Slayton. Uh, soon later on, with Charlie. You know, and I didn't pay that much, you know, attention after that because uh, 
It devastated me. Listen, we could listen to these stories literally all day long. Uh, I have nothing else to do. John, you busy? Uh, well, eventually, like tomorrow, or, or you know, my kid graduates in spring. But no, I'm good for the most part. All right. Well, then we'll do one more segment with the Brewers legend Gorman Thomas. We'll wrap it up with him in just a bit. We'll be back. We are inside Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, and Roll Tech. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with. We are happy. We are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. We're back inside Wisconsin with Storman Gorman Thomas. All right, Gorman, I know that you played with Hank Aaron for his last two seasons. Give us one great Hank Aaron story. We know I'll do you got one it. real quick. We were playing golf one day, and he showed up late. He's always late, always late, always late. But when you see him, you see Yuka. You could have, they were just inseparable. So he was late getting to the golf course. We were already teed off on the third uh, hole, and it was a dog leg right around this lake. So here comes the hammer, you know, pulled up in a you know, uh, golf cart by himself. He jumps up, you know, he stretches up a little bit, you know, and he pegs one up, shh, water, shh, water, shh, water. He walks back because he was asking a guy to throw him a ball. Well, after that, he goes over and gets a ball, and I'm waiting for him to come back. Next thing I know, I hear the cart leaving. He's waving, bye, boys. I'm not, I'm not playing today. <laughs> so, I mean, for God's sakes. He also had a thing where, uh, you know, he and uh, Bob Euchre, who is a wonderful man, uh, they were inseparable. After the games, they would go into the, uh, you know, the lounge in the hotels because he couldn't go out on the street. So uh, it got to the point where I kind of snuck in. And I was invited to sit. I didn't really say much at all. If you can imagine that. But with Hank and with Uke, stories, stories, stories after, after, after. So after the end of the night, Hank would say, would you mind uh, going over and, and, you know, sign my tab and, uh, you know, make sure you leave a, you know, a nice tip. So the last time I did that, I mean, I did it many times. So the one night in Kansas City, and he says, I'm ready. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. So I go over there and I sign his name, you know, and I get the receipt and everything. And I give him to him. Thank you very much. I go back and uh, I said, Hank, here's you want your receipt. He's not. You've always been good. I said, well, this was an exception. He said, what do you mean? I said, uh, well, you know, I, I always leave a nice tip. But, you know, the waitress was very nice to you and to Bob and to myself, I guess. And I left, I left a nice tip. He said, "You what kind of what, now? You got me worried now. What kind of tip?" I said, "I left a two hundred dollar tip." He, said, he almost went berserk. So then he opens up, you know, there it is, you know, and it wasn't anywhere near that. Maybe twenty bucks. He was cheap. So anyway, <laughs> but he was he and Bob Euchre. I'm telling you right now, were two of the most finest individuals I've ever met in my life. Yeah, what a gift. What a mm-hmm. gift to have both of those in Milwaukee at the same time. All right, here's my last one. Give me the best story from Storman and Vuk's bar. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> real, real, uh, I'll tell you how it all came about. Uh, I was with uh, Cleveland, and um, I was in Texas. 
And VUCA, back then, there was no, you know, cell phones or anything like that. So he called me up. He says, look, I need $1,000. I said, what? You want $1,000? I mean, we weren't making that kind of money. So I said, okay, I'll take care of it. I wrote a check, went downstairs, and uh, sent it to VUCA. Two weeks later, he calls me back. I need two more. I said, no. What's the problem? He said, I can't tell you. I said, yeah, you can if you want $2,000. He says, okay, I'll, uh, I'll tell you tomorrow. All right, so I go down there. The concierge is waiting for me because I told him I was coming, and I put the $2,000 check in. So wait, wait, wait. Never heard another word. Then about three weeks later, I get it. Spike, Spike, I need another two. I'm not giving you jack. I'm not giving you a penny. <laughs> I knew you were born. You were cheap and you were different. You were, oh, what is it? He says, I didn't tell you. I said, no, you did not. He said, well, okay, here it is. We got a bar. We got a what? And what's the name of this fictitious bar? He says, <laughs> it's going to be Stormin' and Vooks. I said, you know what? I know you're the meanest man I've ever met in my life, and I would never want to have to try to even fight with you. You kick my ass and everything. Of course, I'd get up and I'd have to shoot you. But anyway, <laughs> oh, you, when are you going to show me this thing? And he says, well, when you come back, when the season's over. Sure and shit. Oops, sure and shit. We're uh, fine. It's cable. <laughs> uh, I met him at a place, and I there it is. Holy cow. Walked inside. Beautiful place. It used to be a Serbian uh, meat, mar meat market. All the local uh, Serbians down there cleaned it all up. It was massively, massively a success. You have the occupancy. You're only allowed to have it in. Well, ours was like uh, 95 to 100, but uh, we were like maybe 150 inside. And then one block and then another block in another direction every night. And we had basically half of them were police and the other half were firemen. And, you know, sometimes they don't get along, but they were welcome in there because I walked up that night and I walked up to our bartender. I'm not a bartender, but our uh, bouncer, if you will. And uh, hi, uh, I'm Gorman. I'm one of the uh, uh, owners. And your name is, he says, uh, I'm Rick. And I said, hi, Rick. How you doing? Nice to meet you. A couple years later, that young man is the world championship martial arts to I'm going to take you out tonight. <laughs> Rick Rufus. Oh my goodness. Oh my Lord. But that was, that was just one of them right there. And then we did have the, uh, oh, the, the, uh, what was it? The, the, uh, the baseball game where Euchre was in the, uh, in the press box. I can't think of about it. Major really? league. Yeah. Yeah. They had two of them, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was supposed to go. I, I passed on it and everything else. But they did have their uh, post-rap uh, uh, movie, and they did it at our bar. And there was another bar inside the bar that nobody felt really, really knew about it. And it was just beautifully full of antique you know, souvenirs, memorabilia, you know, things like that. So they were all in there, and uh, I met to meet uh, Tom Berenger. It was a pleasure doing some things with him that night. I'll tell you that. But it was great. It was great. You know, so man, we go. Oh, all right, Jay. So I'll start with this one. First off, um, Coop singles, uh, the go ahead runs in, in game five. Have you ever been any place louder in your life than County Stadium at that moment? Uh, it was awesome. I'd already been pulled uh, because of my knee. 
So I was in the clubhouse, mm-hmm. and uh, it went it went crazy. It went crazy. Cecil, you know, he, that that crouch, you know, semi rod through type thing and everything else. And uh, oh, by the way, just in case, his nickname was Monsignor No Fro. Mon- <laughs> Monsignor No Fro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had- I, next time I see him, he's goes, "What'd you do that for?" I, but anyway. He, yeah, he was fabulous. After high hitting 360 something and doesn't even come close to uh, to uh, George Brett that year when he had 390. How about that? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he did. You're right. He had early on little male pattern baldness that was there for sure. Just when a he little came bit. Through. Just a little. Give bit. me, uh, uh, give me the longest minor league bus ride you ever had to take. Woo. That would be. We were playing a double header. No, we played a game against the in the Pioneer League when I just got out of high school in '69. We mm-hmm. were in Great Falls playing against the uh, the Giants uh, team. So we played, you know. And after then, you know, you run over to the concession. They'd leave it open for us. You know, we grab a couple of beers, a couple of cokes. You know, many many hot dogs as you could get. Get on the bus, and we drove down to Ogden, uh, Utah. And we were going to play against the Dodgers that mm-hmm. afternoon. But it was probably, uh, I don't know, a 22, 23-hour ride. And we got our butt kicked in the first. And we came back and, you know, we got even with them on the second. But that was probably the longest one right there. I think, didn't Tommy Lasorda, I think, at one time managed that team back in the day. Now, I'm not um, a big Tommy Lasorda you know, fan. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Uh, my daddy... My daddy was uh, playing uh, amateur ball, all right? Lasorda was in Fort Jackson, the pitcher for the Army. All right? This mm-hmm. is in the 40s before uh, – I don't even remember the year. So, anyway, my daddy was pitching against him. They used to call him Gorman No-Hill, No-Hit Thomas. He would throw <laughs> a, double, a double of no-hitters. He signed a contract uh, with the Yankee organization before World War II. And then when World War II came, obviously, he went over to uh, Europe. But anyway, he was pitching against Lasorda. And Lasorda, I think he maybe punched out 10, I think it was. My daddy punched out 13. So I told Tommy that when he was here in town one day for a dinner. And he said something disparaging about my daddy. And I went after him. (laughs) And I went after him. And they grabbed me and kept me away. But that's, no, that did not go well with me. Hmm. All right. Uh, then the last one here in, in Wisconsin, when we were a kid, uh, they, we had field trips. They'd always take us to a dairy farm. Uh, when you're in, in Charleston and in South Carolina, do you take field trips to Fort Sumter as a youngster? Well, actually, yes. And actually, uh, you could walk at low tide. You could walk from James Island straight on out there. And there was another fort right there for Fort Wagner, Fort Sumter. Yeah. I mean, Moultrie. So, and the last I'm one is from Trevor. Pardon me? I said, I'm proud of you that you like Charleston. <laughs> I do. So the last one here then is for is for Trevor. Uh, Trevor, who fired the first shot in defense of Fort Sumter? Who fired the first shot in defense of Fort Sumter? Yep. So the Civil War, Fort Sumter starts there. Who fired the first shot in defense of Fort Sumter? The South. No, the South made the shot. Who fired it in defense? The North. Correct. <laughs> if he is West or East, I don't know what yeah. I would. Oh, That'd be good. It's a baseball question. You, you want to know? Yeah, tell me. Do you know? Do you know Gorman? 
Uh, I do, but I have forgotten now because you've it's got me. Abner Doubleday. No, I didn't know that. I really huh. did not. There you go. The first, what? yeah. That's, holy cow. We're just bringing it all together. Charleston, baseball, Abner Doubleday. That's why I'm here. Trevor, I'm telling you right now, I did not know that. I was born there. so Good. I feel better. To get that bit, you got to get that brim. You got to get yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now. You. I'll work on yeah. it. Yeah, you Next know, straight brim. I can't get used to that. Everybody looks like a railroad conductor to me. I don't like it. I need a good <laughs> brim. I want it bent. I want it. The best way to do we that: is take a baseball, put it in the brim, put it around there, rubber bands, leave it for about yeah. six days. You're ready to go. He's nice been in tight. the sun too long down there, and it just kind of. <laughs> Yeah. What it is, Gorman Thomas. Thanks so much. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have uh, certainly a second um, uh, sitting if you're gonna be kind enough because I got to know about some of these guys behind the scenes. Thanks, guys. Gorman, join it. That was you're a gift. Gorman, you're a gift, gift Thank man. You. Happy to have you here. Yep. God, bye now. Cheers, brother. Shut up and sit down. I, I might have, I might have undersold it. We might need six, Gorman Thomas. <laughs> Because like I feel like every story we were, I felt bad like I kept cutting the guy off, right? Like it was there, hard. There was more to go. Yeah. I don't know who has more random things, your house or Gorman Thomas's head. He's one of those guys that you're like, oh boy, would I like to spend a night in a bar listening to him talk? But you'd have to oh. spend like a week of nights in the bar talking <laughs> to him. I you think know? he did. Yeah, and imagine if you if you you know like everybody if you just here's a beer we'll loosen everybody up it might be but listen it was it was a different baseball time, um, you know, uh, he wasn't quite the '60s where it was still you know let's have uh, let's have a um, some brown water and a cigarette and we'll call that a training plan but you know <laughs> he's not avocado toast either when he comes through so and now anyway. he's on to bigger and better things with storm and sauce I mean this guy's Is that got a his bigger own bigger and better thing really. It's another thing. It's a listen. I love a guy who can catch a can hit a home run and then can diversify into you know into condiments because that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, he promised that he was sending us some. I will send some to you once I get it because I know you can't find it out there, and I think it's a little hard to. You know, I'm I, I'm jealous. Not jealous. I, I feel bad for you that you don't have a festival foods out there to go and get amazing things at to put storm and sauce on. <laughs> Uh, like we do here and literally all around Wisconsin. Um, but that's where you get your burgers and your dogs and everything is strictly festival foods. That's you. Literally, it's the official tailgate headquarters of the Green Bay Packers. Why would you not go to festival to get all your tailgating right. things? It makes sense. And whether it's storm and sauce, or did you tell me that you have? I have I stadium. Mean, yeah, I have, I have the stadium serve secret sauce down right now oh. in the pantry. That's I literally that's what I put on my hot dog because even though we don't have a festival foods, we do have we do have grocery stores. So I, I you know we we have sustenance. I I do eat. Uh, I have been able to over the last twenty three years feed the family. Yeah, you know. Um, all right. I don't well, want to get into competitor. You know, because they're all regional <laughs> names. But I'm just saying we we we've, we've got some. Yeah, not as good. It is what it is. So, all right, transition now. So your childhood didn't have a festival foods, but it had a lot of other things. Tell us another John Wisconsin story, J.A. So you want something Brewers, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's appropriate. Let me get my thinking stick out. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so I literally, I my whole childhood hood is rooted in the brewers and I could do so many different things. Right. My dad used to take me to games. That's another story for my birthday. That's what I'd like to do. And we'd go down on a Friday night 
catch a night game, then a Saturday afternoon game back when they had matinees. And, and then we'd come back. And it was, I look forward to that every year. I bet we did that six, seven, eight years. It was amazing. I'd go down and here's my dad. And it turns out, Trev, uh, my dad, um, he didn't like baseball. He's a Packer fan through oh. and through. He, he would always say, yeah, I'm just sitting there watching. You know, it's just the guys rearrange the dirt. And then they get in there and they look at a pitch and then they get out and they rearrange the dirt and they snorted each other. He was great when he did that. So like that, there I could go into some of the things that happened there that were amazing. I think there's one that um, sticks out or at least has everything. It's got childhood and it has really big importance and it's a, it's a wow story. And I'd like to see the look on your face. I don't know if you knew this. I saw Hank Aaron break the all-time home run record. That's right. Okay. Tell us the story. You've been hanging on to this one for a minute. So, of course, now that's not – I didn't see him hit 715 in Atlanta against Al Dowling, uh-huh. right? Uh, I saw him hit number 739, <laughs> which was in 1975. I was at a game – I'm 10 years old. We're at County Stadium. It's against the A's, and he hits a home run off of um, uh, uh, Vita Blue, and 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 there it is. It's in – It's uh, what did I say? June 4th, mid, mid-June. Um so Hank Aaron hits this home run, which you don't think of anything like, wow, I saw Hank Aaron hit a home run. And then years later, as I got to be smarter and try to think, you know, when people would say I saw Hank Aaron hit a home run, I thought, how can I dress this thing up? And it's true because technically, right, after he hit 715, every time he hit home run after that, yes, he was resetting the all-time home run records. Right. Yep. Well, so technically, when he hit number 739, he broke the all-time home record of 738 that he previously had held. <laughs> so that's how it works out. John Wisconsin is OJA, saw Hank Aaron break the all-time home run record with a tater off Vita Blue as a 10-year-old back in June. Uh, and and I awesome. yeah, so 739. That's cool. Yeah, you so told me that. Some other kids saw him hit 740 through 755. <laughs> <in Trump laughs> but you saw but- it. But for that day, man, I saw Hank Aaron hit the all-time home run. I love that. That's great. And it was was your dad there with you that day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And probably didn't have the appreciation for it that I did, and certainly not the appreciation I attach to it now. (laughs) I was gonna say, I don't I think he was doing you a favor, which is such a cool story. It used to be years ago when I started this business. Uh, a great uh, a great anchor we had uh, at the NBC station when I was working in Columbia named Jeff Atkinson. And so Jeff was a brilliant journalist and a great guy to learn from when I started there. And every once in a while you get stuck. We got to tease this, this, and this. And every once in a while he'd go, is there something we can tease for more than it really is? Which is a very newsy thing, right? Like we don't want to mislead mm-hmm. anybody. That would be bad. But is there something we can tease for a little bit more than it is? That's my Hank. Aaron home run story. We're going to tease it for a little bit more than it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. I saw Hank Aaron break the all-time home record record is a hell of a headline. Hook, line, and sinker over here. I right. was sold. You get into the whole rest of the story, and you're like, okay, I feel like that's a technicality, but yes, it's still true. <laughs> Got it. Well, that's what we're all about, man. The people, the stories, and the statriotism of America's Dairyland – Follow us and subscribe here on YouTube and all the rest of our social channels. And for everything else you need inside Wisconsin, head to the website insidewisconsin.com. J.A., we're having a blast. Couldn't do it without you. For you, my name is Trevor. Until next time, 
as you were, Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, and Rolltech. Shut up and sit down.